I'll be honest with you guys this morning, and I'm, I'm going to say that, uh, that I don't think I've wrestled so much with any sermon that I've prepared. I don't know if that's a good thing, if that's a bad thing. Um, but even this morning as I'm praying, and yesterday as I'm praying, and going over this, I just have this feeling that, that I don't know if it's someone in here or someone online, that this message is, is for somebody this morning. That God wants to speak into your life and speak into your heart. So I just want to kind of prepare. I don't know who would, I don't know if, if maybe this is just me thinking of random stuff, who knows. But I just want to say that if this morning, if this is something that God is speaking to you, that it's okay to wrestle with it, first of all. It's okay to wrestle with God. But second of all, I want to encourage you just to, to, um, to not be scared of it, not to just ignore it. To let God speak into your life, to let God um, move um, in your in your heart and in your life this morning. Um, so before I start, I want to just pray. Pray over this message and pray over um, whatever God wants to do. So Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning we come to you. God, we come to you with open hearts, we come to you with open minds. Lord, more than anything, God, we want to hear from you. God, we want to... We want to be changed by you. Amen. Lord, this morning, I don't know what you want to do, but God, I know that you want to do something in somebody's life this morning. So God, I pray for that person, those people, that God, you would just um, soften their hearts to be open to whatever you have to say to them this morning. Lord, I pray as we go uh, hear from your word, that God, you would hide me behind your cross. Lord, help me to preach your word boldly and in spirit and in truth. May the words that come from my mouth not be from me, but be only from you, God. God, I think you have something awesome that you want to do this morning, and I don't want to get in the way of that, so Lord, just, again, hide me behind your cross, Lord. Lord, you're a good God. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather in your name as a church body. Again, God, as we go through the sermon, I just pray that you'll move. May any distractions, anything that's holding us back from you, we just put aside and focus on you this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. I think I got this thing turned on. Happy New Year, everybody! Happy Happy way to Christmas, that's awesome. It's a new year, 2021. I keep saying 2020 anytime I talk about it, and so I'm probably going to mess it up all throughout the sermon, but I'm not talking about 2020, I'm talking about 2021, even if I reference 2020. Okay? So Merry, Merry New Year. Happy New Year, we're in 2021 now. That's awesome. just before we get started, I think it'd be appropriate that we just kind of, I don't know, give a round of applause to to um, everybody who helped get us through uh, 2020 as a church, the pastors and and uh, mom and Terrell and everybody who was involved with getting uh, helping us get through, keeping the ministries alive, the church alive, when we were able to meet in person. Um, I think that's very important just to to you know, celebrate that. I mean, Now, obviously, as you look around, you see everybody's still got masks, so we're still we're still going through some stuff, but we're further ahead than we were a couple months ago, and so we're slowly going in the right direction, which is awesome. So, I think 
Basically, everybody here, we can all agree that 2020 was a year that was full of ups and downs and highs and a lot of lows. Um, for some people, it might mean a little more one way than the other. Um, but 2020 was definitely a year that nobody could expect, nobody could have planned for, nobody would hope for. Uh, many people, some in this church, some in the community, experienced a lot of heartache and a lot of pain and a lot of grief. Um, as a community, as West Prince, uh, we both we celebrated together, but we also grieved and mourned together, which I think is awesome that we have a community that is like that. As an island, we've seen that, that when we're faced with trials, that, that we can come together and we can get stuff done, which is pretty awesome. We've done pretty good um, with this whole COVID-19 thing, um, which is awesome. And yes, like I kind of just said a bit ago, a lot of that hurt and a lot of that pain is, is being carried into 2021. And though it's a new year, some of that stuff, some of that stuff that, that we didn't want in 2020 is coming with us into 2021. But through it all, as Christ followers, we have a hope and we can trust that God has it all under control. That God still has it under control. Amen. We need to trust God. And that's what I want to talk about today, is just trusting God. As I was preparing this, I, I found this uh, little story online that I want to share with you guys this morning. Of a guy, his name is John Connell or something like that. He said, when I was a young private during lunch one day, myself and two others were walking back to our compound from the clothing store. As we were walking down the boulevard, we saw flagstaff vehicles coming in our direction. None of us could remember what we were supposed to do. Does everyone salute? Does the senior member of the group salute? What do we do? So one of us had the great idea to turn and start walking down a side road. We had no clue where we were going, but we did it anyway. I guess the driver or the general made a decision not uh, that we were going to learn a lesson that day. As they turned and they went the same way that we did, they drove up next to us and stopped. The driver exited the vehicle, opened the rear passenger door, and outstepped a general. As he was getting out, one of the other guys called attention and we all saluted. The general paused for what seemed like minutes, most probably only 10 or 20 seconds. And then he returned our salute and told us to stand and pray rest. You can guess what was going through our minds of, we are so done. <laughs> the general then read all our names to the driver and asked us what unit we were in. We informed the general of all our, our particulars. Then the general proceeded to dress us down on the sidewalk with many cars driving by. When we got back to the compound, each of us went to our own, uh, our team cage and continued with our tasks for the day and wondering when the shoe was going to drop. At about 2 in the afternoon, our LTs came to us and told us that Top wanted to see us. The three of us meet at Top's office. We nod, we're told to enter. We entered and stood at attention. And honestly, I know at least that I was sweating. Top asked us how lunch was and, and if we had anything to, of interest to share with him, knowing that he knew what was going on. We came clean. Then he informed us that the post commander's office had called it and was rolling downhill fast. Top then asked us what we thought our punishment should be. So we offered up to do some extra duty, and he turned it down. Apparently, the post commander and the battalion commander had a better lesson. Top took us outside and told us that, that he was going to teach the three of us a very important lesson, as well as some 500 plus other troops. They had to stand at the exit of the compound, and the three of us had to call attention and then salute to every vehicle that drove past us, no matter the rank. 
The cabin had to be somewhere between a near 500 cars drive past us that day, each hawking their horn and top laughing at us the whole time. It was a long time before any of us lived that down. See, when you join the military, you don't just go in and become a soldier and you know everything already. There's a period of, of training and, and soldierization where they prepare you, and it's basically no questions asked. If they tell you to do something, if you get an order, you do it. There's no thinking about it. There's no asking for more information. You simply just do it. And if you can do that, if you can follow those orders, then you're on the right track. But if you can't do that, until you can execute everything that they tell you, execute their orders, then you're going to continue that training process until you have it down perfect. This process does not only include the weapons and hand-to-hand -hand combat, stuff like that, but like you've seen in the story, it includes saluting. Saluting is a very big part of the military. According to um, our Canadian website, a fancy website file called Canada.ca, we're told that the hand salute is the personal salute of officers and other ranks. It's a symbolic movement having several meanings. It is a greeting, it is a mark of mutual respect, trust, and confidence. So as we begin this new year, I want to talk about what God wants to build into us this year. Just like the top. I was wondering what mom's doing down there. Okay. Just like the top of the story, make sure that those soldiers do the proper way uh, to salute. And he was building it into them so that they had it down past, that they knew what to do. God wants to build into us something even more. So this morning, I want you to, uh, you got your Bibles or your phones or whatever you want, open up to John chapter 6. We're going to start right at verse 1. We're going to jump around a little bit. John chapter 6. As you guys are turning there, I want you to think about this question. What does God want to build into us in 2021? What does God want to build into us? We're going to go, uh, John chapter 6, we'll go 1 to 15. It says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, but he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, son of Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how, how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. There were about 5,000 men. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed uh, to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all they had, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. 
So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is coming to the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Lord, as we look at this, this passage of scripture, God, Lord, I just pray that, that as we go into some of the details and we, we look at it at a deeper level, that God, we reveal something new to us, that we get a new perspective on your word this morning, God. Um, teach us something through your word this morning. Use your word to, to speak into our hearts and speak into our lives. Amen. So, let's just kind of, we're going to kind of break, break down what we just read, kind of a little more verse by verse, so we'll see how this goes. Verse 1 says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. So, we see through that that Jesus is kind of starting to get a crowd. He's got some followers following him. They want to find out who is this guy, what's he doing. We've seen him heal the sick. What else can he do? What can he do? Uh, what can he do for me? Verse 3, that Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Jesus kind of, kind of seems like he may be trying to get away a little bit from the crowd, maybe. Uh, but that doesn't last too long because in, we're going to see that in just a second. Uh, the Jewish Passover festival is near. What was the Passover festival? Well, the Passover festival was the most celebrated uh, holiday that they had in their time. It was the celebration of when um, the Hebrews were, were taken out of Egypt and passing over the forces of destruction, which was the sparing of the firstborns um, of the Israelites when the Lord um, was freeing them from Egypt right before, so they kind of were celebrating, celebrating that. But then verse 5, okay, here's where it gets really good. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now they're up in the mountaintop, remember? So there's, there's nothing around them. They don't have, have um, a grocery store or a Costco or Uber Eats, whatever they, we have now. They don't have anything like that. They've got nothing. And so Philip is probably like, why are you asking me? Like, what am I supposed to do? Do you see anything around it? There's a mountain there, there's a mountain there, there's a mountain there. Like, what do you want me to do? But then verse 6, he asked this only to test him. And he already had in mind what he was going to do. Oh, good. That's awesome. So why are you testing him? See, that's who Jesus is. Jesus already knows what is going to happen. He already knows what he's going to do. He already has a plan for you and for me in 2021. We don't know what that is, but Jesus already had mind what he was going to do. He already knows what he's going to do. But yet, he still tests us. So what is he testing? He's testing to see if, if uh, what are you going to do when these circumstances are, are, are overwhelming? What are you going to do when you are faced with an impossible situation? Now, unlike in school, this test that Jesus is giving Philip, this test that Jesus is giving me and you, only has one question. And you can get 100% A, or you can get a zero F. So, let's see what Philip says in verse 7. So Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. 
Does that sound familiar? Maybe? Like a lot of us, when Philip responds to Jesus' question, he thinks in terms of money. He says, we don't have enough money to feed them. So, did Philip pass the test? Did he fail the test? What do you think? Fail. Fail the test. Why did he fail the test? He failed because when he was faced with what seemed like an impossible situation, he responded on a very human level. When Jesus asked him the question, he responded with, oh, sorry, I don't have enough money to do that. Does that sound familiar? We've all been placed in a situation or circumstance that, that seems impossible. A situation that was overwhelming to us and seemed helpless. For a lot of people, 2020 was full of those situations. And maybe for you, it's a money issue. A lot of people um, this past year lost their jobs due to the COVID-19. Thankfully, we have a half-decent government that was able to, to help us out a little bit with that. Maybe it was a health issue. Maybe amidst everything that was going on in the world, you got the, you got the call from the doctor, the, no, the doctor with news that you did not want to hear, that nobody wants to hear. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Not just talking about like a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, father, daughter, all that. I'm talking about, yes, that as well. It was a hard year with, with everybody being spread out. And thank goodness for FaceTime and, and for phone calls and stuff like that. But I'm even talking about maybe you lost somebody this past year. And you don't know how to deal with that. You don't know what to do now. The list could go on and on of these impossible situations that we don't know how to face on a human level. We've all had these times where we don't know what to do and it doesn't look good for us. So what do we do? Is Jesus, is Jesus too busy for us? Maybe he doesn't care enough for us and for our situation. These thoughts, they fill our minds. And so what do we do? We just, we just give up. Sorry, we don't have, we don't have to Then verse 8, another of his disciples, Andrew, Andrew, very good Christian name. You hear a guy named Andrew? Probably Christian. Who knows? <laughs> another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? See, when Andrew speaks up and says, hey, look, yeah, we don't have any money to buy food, but we do have these five loaves and these two fish. It's not a lot, but it's not nothing. And so he brings it to Jesus, not knowing what Jesus is going to do. So in your impossible circumstances, don't think about what you don't have. Think of something that you do have. Amen. It might not be a lot, but bring it to God and say, God, look, I have this. It's not a lot, but God, I bring it to you, and I'm trusting for you to do what only you can do. Some of us might say, God, 2020 is so much away from you. But God, here's what I still got. Here's what I have. But here's what I came up with. And God, I want you to do with it whatever you can in 2021. In verse 10, it says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. That's not including women and children, so, you know, it's got to be well beyond 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. 
When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five iron loaves left over by those who had eaten. See, everybody got something to eat. They didn't just, just eat, but they were full. Not only did the people were they full, but there were still twelve baskets left over. So I wonder what was going through the disciples' minds as they see this, as they're sitting there with their baskets, picking up their the, the leftovers. I wonder what was going through to Philip's mind after seeing this. I wonder what goes through our minds when, when we are in a similar situation where we fail the test, but God still works anyway. I know in those moments where where you feel like God is asking you to do something, or God is questioning or giving you the situation, and you're kind of, mm, whatever, I don't have the money, I can't do it. And then God's the words, you kind of feel like not the brightest person in the world. See, once Jesus died, and then he rose again, and then he ascended to heaven, the disciples were the ones that were going to, 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 uh, lead the first century church. They didn't have Jesus in the flesh anymore, so the disciples were the ones to take over and kind of uh, grow the church, do the church, plant the church. And they were going to have to trust God in some really hard circumstances. Impossible circumstances. Ten of the disciples were martyred for their faith, and one was banished to an island. See, these disciples, they trusted God even in the hardest of times, even in the times where they were literally being killed for their faith. See, Jesus, when he was there with them, he began to work on them. He began to prepare them and began to build that trust in them. Just like how the military trains their soldiers before they go to battle, Jesus was preparing his disciples. And I think that Jesus wants to build that trust into each and every one of us. So again, I want to ask the question, what does Jesus want to build into you in 2021? Think about that for a second. What does Jesus want to build into us in 2021? Jesus wants to build our trust in him. More than anything, I believe that as we head into 2021, God wants us to trust him with everything. Not just a little bit, but with everything. So I ask this, what is the most what is the impossible issue that is holding you back from trusting God with everything? What is this impossible situation that is in your life that is holding you back from saying, God hears everything, I trust you? It's not a lot, but I trust you. Whatever it is that's, that's keeping you from knowing and trusting God, whether it be your finances or health situation, your relationship, your job, whatever it is, bring it to God and say, God, look, it's not a lot. I don't know what to do. I'm trusting you. And then just sit back and see what God does. Jesus wants to build our trust in him. The military wants to break your soldiers so that they will trust him. God doesn't want to break you. God wants to break through to you. He wants to reveal himself and show himself and make himself known to you so that you can have a right relationship with him and you can trust him. He wants to build out those, those things in your life, these impossible things in your life so that you can continually be growing in Him. And as we grow in Him, we'll find out that He is more and more trustworthy. So as we reflect on the years past, I want to ask you, 
Where have you seen God show up in your life? Think of a moment even right now of a time where God has shown up and God has moved in your life. I think of many times where God has shown up in my life. But I can also think of times where I felt like God was alone. Where I felt like there was nobody there. But the thing is, is that God never leaves us. He doesn't forget about us. See, part of trusting God is trusting that even in those moments of feeling alone and feeling like God isn't there, believing and, and trusting that He is. He still is. He never leaves you. See, God wants our natural reaction in any circumstance to be to trust Him. And we didn't know that going into 2020, in 2021, in any circumstances that we face, trust God. That should be our natural reaction. Every year we hear the same thing. Of new year, new me. I'm so glad this past year is over. This new year is going to be so much better. It's going to be so great. So we aren't going to like this. But here's the truth is that we aren't promised a better tomorrow. We're not promised a better new year. Yes, it's good to hope for a better tomorrow and a better new year. But that is not what God promises us. But you know what he does promise us? He promises that he has a plan for you. That he has a purpose. That he has, uh, that he'll be with you wherever you go. And we need to trust him with that. We need to believe that. See, God will never give us more than we can take. There's a song from a group called uh, Group One Crew, Christian band. Um, I used to listen to a lot. Really enjoyed them. I can't think of the song name. I guess I should have looked it up. That's awkward. Um, but in the song, it says, "I." They, they wrote it in the perspective of God to to His people. Okay. In the song, it says, "I won't give you more, more than you can take. I might let you bend, but I won't let you break." And that is so true. God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Kind of scary. With everything that we got in 2020, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. When we feel like we're in the depths of the valley or at the, at the bottom of the pit, we need to trust God that He will make a way out. And that's the truth and this reality is that it's not always going to be, or it might not be, the way that we want it to be. I think most of us would, would hope and pray that God, we're in this pit, lift me up, take me out, good. But the truth is, it's that God doesn't always work like that. Sometimes in those situations where you're at the bottom, God will just simply give you the strength to climb up. Amen. It might take a while, but you'll get there. God will make sure. If you trust Him, trust Him. Verse 14 said, After the people saw the signs that Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Now, in the Old Testament, the people were promised that there would be a prophet who was sent by God. And the people in this verse, they, they start to realize, look, this might be, this might be our God. The one that we've been waiting for. So Jesus, knowing that they intended to come making a king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. See, these people had an agenda for Jesus. You say, uh, yeah, hmm. Maybe, maybe this guy, he, he can do all this stuff, so maybe, maybe he can liberate us. Maybe he can be the one that will lead us. But Jesus 
wasn't going to do that. It wasn't on his agenda. See, we live in a, in a me-first culture. We live in a world where people are very much about the world revolves around me. And people try to use and to, and to co-opt Jesus for our own pers- our per- uh, purpose and own personal gain. See, we want Jesus to guarantee a certain outcome to our impossible situation. We think that if we do enough good deeds, if, if, we, if we go to church enough, if we give enough money, that God will just do whatever you want. But like I said, it's in the pit. God doesn't always do that. We can't, we're not guaranteed how God is going to work in our lives. We're guaranteed that He will do it if we trust Him well. See, God will work however He wants, and we just have to trust that it's for our own. God wants our faith that he can do it, our trust that he will do it, no matter what the result is, and God will handle the rest. That's all we got to do. Have faith that he can do it, and trust that he will do it however he does. God will handle the rest. See, God isn't, isn't interested in us placing him into a box and telling him how we want things done, how we want 2021 to be for us. All he wants is our trust, and allow him to do the rest. We're going to skip down to verse uh, 25. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, this is a few days later, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So Jesus is saying, don't look for a temporary fix to your situation. Turn and trust the solution that will have an everlasting impact. When you're faced with these situations, it can be so easy to say, oh, if I do this, that will help. If you do that, a day later, you're back where you started. God says, look, give it to me. I'll take care of it. Verse 28, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? So what can we do? What can we do to do the works that God requires? Do we give more money to the church? Do we um, volunteer more? Do we help people cross the street? All good things, but is that what we have to do? Let's see, Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one Yes, sir. See, the work of God is to place your full trust and to believe in Him. People didn't seem to like that answer too much, so they asked Him again. What sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Okay, so just a few days earlier, Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and uses them to feed over 5,000 people. Now, I don't know about you, that's a pretty big sign. Just a little bit before that, in verse 2, that we read earlier, it says that people follow Jesus because they've seen him healing the sick. That's a pretty good sign there, too. The chapter before, in chapter 5, Jesus healed a man who had been lame for over 38 years. And the people are still asking for a sign. What more do they need to believe? 
else around you. You've seen God move in your own life. You've seen God move in the lives around you. But yet we choose to ignore him. What more do we need? You know, I think we struggle with putting our full trust in God. It sounds nice when, when we read about it, and it sounds really good when, the, when the, the pastor preaches about it. But when it actually comes time for you to say, look, God, I trust you with everything. I trust you with my finances, my family, my health situation. God, I give it all to you. I trust you. Then we say, mm, no, nah, I'm not doing it. We'd rather sit back and then wonder, God, why aren't you moving in my life? Why aren't you moving in those around The last time I preached, here's, here's my little test for you guys. The last time I preached, I talked about, oh no. Being pure. What was it? Being pure. Zacchaeus was a real man. Anyway, I talked a little bit about the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, just kind of a recap of the, of the last one, they were so dedicated to following the rules made by God in the Old Testament that they made their own rules to follow those rules. And then they made new rules to follow the rules that were set in place to follow the original rules, and so forth. You see the trend, and it just kind of keeps going and going and going until the point where they're so caught up following the rules that they made that they're kind of just totally forgot about the rules that God originally set in place and the purpose and reason behind those rules. And then Jesus comes and says, uh, look, the only thing I want you to do is to trust me and to follow me and I will do the rest. Simple as that. And that's why the Pharisees wanted him dead. Because they did all this work, they believed so much. And then Jesus says, Look, no, just follow me, just trust me, believe in me, have a relationship with me. And like that. Now, I don't know if you, anybody knows this or not, but Canada is very big in hockey. Canadians love hockey. I don't know why, basketball is way better, but Canada just seems to really be drawn to hockey. Especially during this time of the year, the winter months, we see a lot of people out playing pond hockey. I've seen a picture of, I wonder, somebody was opening pond hockey the other day, I've seen it on Facebook. Uh, basically, friends and family, they go down, they go down to the pond, they put their skates on, and then take off onto this, this, pro, this frozen water. They play hockey. They have fun. They have a good time. And we need to, I think, we need to approach our relationship with God the same way that we approach pond hockey. Okay? Hear me up. See, pond hockey, we trust that the ice is going to hold us up and that we're going to be safe on it. We go all in. That's why. Why do, why do, why do people go and play hockey? Because Maybe they've played it before on the same pond. They know they've been there before. They know that it's okay. They've seen other people playing on it. They trust that ice. They've seen the ice come through, not break through, <laughs> come through for these other people, so you trust that it's going to come through for us. You've experienced playing ice hockey before, so you kind of are like, okay, yes, you trust it. So you can't just play ice hockey with, with one arm out there or one leg while the rest of you sits off to the side and says, mm, just in case, I don't want to lose all of me, just, there's my arm out there, you go, I'm going to sit here and watch. We don't, that's not how you play ice hockey. To play ice hockey, you have to go all in. You have to go out onto the frozen water. 
And God wants us to be like that. God wants us to go all in. Not just, just a little part of us. He wants us to go all in. He wants us to trust Him. You've seen Him move. You've seen Him move in other people's lives. You've experienced Him before. You've seen other people experience Him. So you trust Him. He wants to build that trust in you. In me. The worship team wants to come and get ready. I want to close with this last little thought. Let me go through this slide. I don't even know what's next. Has God been faithful in your life? Think about that. Has God been faithful in your life? The next question is why would He ever stop? Why would He ever stop being faithful? Now, I understand that, that you have your own situations, you have your own stuff in your life, I have my own stuff in my life, and I don't understand everything going on in your life, you don't understand everything going on in my life. But God does. He knows what you're going through. He knows what I'm going through. He knows, like we read earlier, He knows what's going to happen before you happens. He will never give us more than we can take these, these things in our lives that feel like they're weighing so much on us and we don't understand why we're, uh, we're going through this, they're there for a reason. That reason is so that we can grow, that we can go closer to God. In these moments where we're faced with these situations, it can be so easy to just kind of run away from them and hope that they eventually disappear. But it would be so much easier to just give it to God and say, God, here it is. I'm trusting you to deal with this. Sit back and watch him work. And that's what he wants for each and every one of us in 2021, this year. To trust him with every circumstance, with every battle, with every victory, with every defeat. When we're faced with the impossible, give it to the one who makes impossible possible. God never promised that life would be easy, but he does promise that it would be possible. Because he has it all under control. See, God has 2020 in his control. God has 2021 in his control. So this morning, as, as we close, again, authors are always open. Now, I don't know what it is in your life that you need to, to give to God and trust him with, but I know that there's no better place, there's no better day there's no better way to start a new year than by giving everything to God. By trusting Him with everything that, that is coming in 2021. Giving Him everything that we've carried in, uh, from 2020. Give it to Him. We don't know what this future holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what 2021 is going to be like. But we have hope. And we know the God who holds tomorrow. The God who holds this year. So again, I want to encourage you this morning that if you're holding on to anything from the past that you need to give to God, to just come. Offer it up to Him. And most importantly, don't leave this place until you've, you've uh, had that encounter with God, until you've dealt with this stuff in your life, until you've given Him everything and you're prepared to step out into the world. God has recovered and He's going to continue to grow in you as you trust him this year. So let's just pray. If you want to come, you can come down.
For God, I give you control of my life. God, I give you control of my year. I give you control of my work, my finances, my family, my job. God, I give it all to you. In faith and in trusting that God, you will work everything out to my good in your own time. God, Lord, help us to be patient. <laughs> help us to be patient to wait and see how you're going to work out. Help us not to try to try, uh, rush your work. Lord, help us to, to give it to you and be able to just sit back and let you work. Lord, as we head into this new year, God, we need to trust you. We need to trust you with every circumstance, with every situation. When it seems impossible, God, you make it possible through you. We need to have the faith that, God, you can... You can, you can move it, you can work, and we can trust that you will. Lord, I pray for each one of these people um, in this building this morning, and God, Lord, if there's anything in their lives, if there's anything in their hearts that's holding them back from trusting you with everything, that God, you would just speak to them right now. God, they would not leave this place without being changed by you, without being uh, renewed by you. Lord, I pray this in your name. Amen.